it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2,199. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today I'm in sunny Scottsdale, Arizona with a very special guest by the name of Dan McKeever. Dan, welcome to Cars Yeah! Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? I am ready. Something you've done many, many times. Now, before I give you a proper introduction and we dive into your world, what's one little thing that people don't know about Dan McKeever? Oh gosh! Well, I'm I'm born and raised as a in a motorsports family. I I when I say I'm in motorsports, the question I always get is how did you get into it? And it's because I basically grew up. Our vacations were were me in the back of my dad's El Camino on the way to the racetrack. An El Camino, um, cool. <laughs> so uh, um, yeah, I mean, I basically grew up there. Um, that's where our vacations were. We took all of our spare time, either mom driving or, or dad driving or uncles or or whoever. So. Yeah, I was I was indoctrinated in the right way, I guess. Well, yeah, just a little bit. What kind of cars did your dad drive? Um, English cars. So he started in Austin Healey Sprites um, in the early 60s. And then, it, you know, as he got married and had kids, he, he took a little bit of time off. And then so what I remember is is uh, a Mark IV Spitfire that my parents split. So my mom would run SCCA regionals and my dad would run the nationals. Um, so that was, that was kind of the primary um and he, he had an auto repair shop so he was kind of specialized in doing a bunch of english car stuff which is you know watching it was more like punishment but um <laughs> but uh, it was it was it was a, a lot of fun to watch and, and going out to riverside raceway growing up in southern california and and watching you know fields of, of 50 and 60 cars in in every run group was was certainly a treat Wow. Well, now back in those days, him running with him running English cars, was that vintage racing back then or was it SCCA stuff? No, it was SCCA. So he ran H production in, in the Sprite and F production in the in the Spitfire. Um, I mean, back in those days in the in the mid 70s, you know, a lot of the, the production classes were dominated by English cars. It was just a, a good fit. So dad got kind of wrapped up into that. Well, that's very cool. The only two English cars I've ever owned, even though English cars started for me, the Jaguar XKE and my dad's 49 MGTC was really what started it for me. But I raced a Lotus and I raced a Lola. So that was in vintage racing. Uh, Those are the only two British cars I've ever had, but I certainly still have a passion for those things. I don't have one in my garage, but they sure are beautiful. So Very fun. Let me give you a proper introduction here. Dan McKeever is the president of Ford Performance Racing School, operated under its parent company, the McKeever Group. There, he developed all of the driver curriculums and is responsible for the entire business unit. They run their retail racing school program out of Charlotte Motor Speedway, along with owner programs for Mustang GT500s and the Mach 1. The school also operates two additional owner programs on behalf of Ford, one for the F-150 Raptor, one out of the facility, 
property in Tooele, Utah. My next door neighbor did that event with his Ford, and it must have worked because a year later he bought another new one. So you guys did exactly what Ford wanted to do. Awesome. Yeah, he said he had a lot of fun. Still talks about it. Along with an ST SUV program for the Edge and Explorer ST owners out of both Park City, Utah and Asheville, North Carolina. Born into that motorsports, fa- motorsports family that Dan talked about, he followed his father's footsteps in racing, uh, having raced in SCCA Showroom Stock, Legends Cars, Spec Miata, SCCA Pro Grand Am, and the 25 Hours at Thunder Hill. That's a fun track I've run out as well. He taught at numerous track schools and for new manufacturer programs. We'll be back in just a moment, but first a word from our sponsors. So keep the seatbelts tight. We'll be right back. I've enjoyed the quality and variety of Lloyd's floor mats for decades now, and I'm super excited to report that Lloyd's Mat Store is now part of the Covercraft family of products, car care that protects the things that move you. Lloyd's floor mats are the ultimate in quality and fit with carpet mats, all-weather mats, Velour Tex, Berber, Classic Loop Carpet, and they're proudly made in the USA. They're designed and sewn with the highest of quality and offer custom fitment for almost any vehicle. There's a wide variety of styles, fabrics, and colors to choose from, and hundreds of licensed logos as well. Protect your vehicle's factory carpets from moisture, dirt, mud, snow, slush, anything that Mother Nature can throw your way. All of your options are quality made, easy to clean, they secure to the floor, and they look oh so good. Check out Lloyd's Mat Store for a wide variety of styles, colors, and options for your vehicle today. And I've got a special deal for you. If you use the code CARSYEAH, C-A-R-S-Y-E-A-H, at lloydsmatstore.com, you'll get $10 off. Just use the code CARSYEAH at L-L-O-Y-D. M-A-T-S-S-T-O-R-E.com, LloydsMattStore.com, Covercraft and Lloyd's Mats, protecting the things that move you. When it was time to renew my collector car policy, my carrier raised my rates by a lot. But why? My usage was the same, my car's value was the same, and I had never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. The only change was their rate, and they had no reason why. What's with that? I researched my options, I spoke to others, and with American Collectors Insurance, what a difference. A live person actually answers the phone. She spent time learning about me and provided a reasonable quote. Why wait until your next premium is due? Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote. Call 866-AC1-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine. Mark Green at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. Fall is here, and you know what that means. Time to put a good coat of protection on your vehicle. I'm teamed up with AutoGeek, and they've been the leading source of auto detailing products, accessories, and expert knowledge for more than 20 years. What started back in 1997 as a small mail-order catalog company grew into a multi-website-based e-commerce store, and that's what they are today. With a large online presence on its own website featuring close to 100 different brands, AutoGeek has grown to be the largest car care retailer in the country. AutoGeek's wholesale program serves accounts in over 30 countries, and its retail sector ships worldwide. If you want to protect your vehicle this fall, and you should, go to AutoGeek.net for the best product selection on the internet today 
and technical support. AutoGeek.net. It's where I go for my detailing needs. That's AutoGeek.net. So, Dan, we are back. So, as I like to say, let's dive a little deeper into the corner, something you've done many, many times. I'd like you to talk about how you got into this whole program because some of the fun, well, all the fun things you're doing is getting people out on the track, not only semi-professional, but for people, like I mentioned, my neighbor. I mean, he still talks about that adventure and how much fun he had for people to take these new vehicles and go out and have some fun. But how did you get into all this? Well, like I said, I, I grew up at the racetrack, and a lot of what my dad did was was instructional. So although he was racing, uh, he was the chief instructor for the Cow Club region of the SCCA for more than 10 years. And so a lot of my time at the racetrack was going out and watching him teach, riding around in station wagon sessions, watching his classrooms and whatnot. Obviously, it inspired me to want to go racing on my own. But what I guess I didn't realize is how much I was learning about the teaching side of things. So as I went through sort of my racing career, I'll call it, which was me paying for myself to go racing <laughs> with like more me. money than, <laughs> yeah. than my wife really wanted me to spend, yeah, which is I know. <laughs> a, a, a long story for a lot of people. But I realized that there was, you know, really my opportunity to be in motorsports, which was which was my passion was was teaching. So teaching with my my dad's school, my my dad ended up having a, a, a owning a retail school. So moving on from his volunteer work. Uh, so I did stuff with him, uh, started doing manufacturer ride and drives and ended up at the BMW Performance Center driving school. I ran those programs for a number of years out of Spartanburg, South Carolina. And then in 2006, I was given an opportunity to come and start the Ford Performance Racing School. It was called something different at the time. It was Miller Miller Performance Schools, I think is what it was called. And it, it eventually became the Ford Performance Racing School. Did a bunch of racing along the way, but I, I think I learned early on that in order to make a career out of motorsports, that teaching was going to be the way to go. You know, one of the things that is cool about what you do is you get people into a safe environment to enjoy their vehicles. Because a lot of times people save up their whole life. They buy this high performance car. They go on the street and they do silly, stupid things and cause problems and accidents and so forth. And I love this whole idea. I got into vintage racing because I joined the BMW club. I had an E36 M3. They went out to do driver's days. You had instructors and you learned how to get your car up to speed in a safe environment and do things right to see if you wanted to go to the next level. So when you think about well, actually, let's walk through the different programs and what they're all about. So you take us on a little journey of all the different programs that you're providing. So we offer a, a regular retail school that anybody can come to. But the lion's share of what we do is, is as you described, our, our four owners of the Ford Performance Vehicles. Um, and so all the programs have sort of a, a similar goal in mind is to educate the folks on the vehicle that they purchased. In, in many cases, folks, whether it's a performance SUV, the trucks, or, or the Mustangs, folks just don't understand what it is that they purchased because the, the roads that we generally use don't really provide the, the, uh, the opportunity. So for us, it's to educate them on what they've, they've um, they purchased because there's a lot of performance that's built into these vehicles that folks just don't get to extract, not in a safe environment, not without looking over your shoulder, if you will. So that's one goal is to do that, to have a great time and to provide them some of the, the skills that they need to be able to extract that capability out of their car. You know, the, the driver education system, we could all agree, is broken, which that's a conversation we could get into for many, many, many hours. So we provide some drive instruction so that folks can, you know, have some of the skills that they need to be able to extract that performance out of the vehicles. In the case of, you know, we can kind of go through them real quickly, yeah. is is with the, the Raptor, 
all these programs are essentially one day. In the morning with the Raptor, we'll take them out and give them some basic driving skills, learn how to left foot brake in slow speed off-road. We teach them about some of the vehicle dynamics. We go through all of the modes that uh, the Raptor has so that they can see how the vehicle is adjusting based on the terrain. So we use that as an opportunity to give folks some of the skills that they need. And then we spend the afternoon putting the vehicle through the paces. So we go through slow speed off-road, some pretty technical, you know, we get a lot of folks that get to different areas and they're like, are, are we really going <laughs> up that this? hill? Yeah, you know, can I, can I go I'm down not sure that you guys, yeah. yeah, it's like, no, we've done this a couple of times. And then we go through a desert course. So they get a chance to go at a little bit of speed. Um, we've got a jump that we let them launch the, the trucks off of. So it's essentially giving them that that sort of morning to gain confidence, to learn some of the skills. And then in the afternoon, we let the trucks essentially stretch their legs. You know, we're not getting to 100% capability. Safety is top of mind. So we want to make sure we keep everybody in a safe zone. But at the same time, we get the comments on a pretty regular basis. Hey, I, I used to think this thing was awesome and, and I used to brag about it a lot. But after this program, now I really know what this truck can do because I had no idea coming yeah. in. Oh, yeah. And so that's, that's really fun for us. And it's an environment where they've got um, um, a bunch of other owners that are equally enthusiastic about the vehicle. So you can kind of imagine that we do something similar with each of the other vehicles. So with the Mustangs, we go through, you know, with both the GT500 and the Mach 1, we go through some exercises to show them some of the capabilities, whether it's in the GT500, showing them the um, uh, line lock and some of the things that are drag racing oriented, um, the modes that are built into both vehicles, both the Mach 1 and the GT500. And then at the end of the day, we get them a chance to be on track. You know, we do those as lead and follow to start with. And um, we try to get them up to some some level of reasonable speed. And then we give them a hot lap at the end of the day, let our drive instructor show them what the vehicles can really do. It's, it's a combination of fun, um, learning some driving skills, really understanding what your vehicle is all about. And then um, it's a healthy respect for, for what it is that they've purchased. So yes, healthy respect is key. Yeah. A lot of camaraderie. It's really just a, a really positive environment. And, and for Ford, I really give them a lot of credit for, for um, including this because it's, there's, there's the safety side of things. I mean, we, we, we all in the uh, automotive industry have seen, you know, folks wrapping their brand new car around a pole or, or, oh, you know, yeah, bending it's up. and it's just, Simply, they, they don't understand what they have. So, but at the same time, building value, you know, and connecting with customers. And so it's, it's for us to be the facilitator of that is, is, uh, is wonderful. We have a great time with every group. It's a lot of fun. You know, I can't emphasize enough to listeners out there. If you get your dream car and it's got some power or any vehicle, take advantage of these kinds of programs because it's, you learn so much. It's, it's so great. I just yesterday had Brock Patterson on. He's the national specialty vehicle manager at Reddick Brown Ford, where they sell a lot of these high performance Fords. And, you know, you think about the cars that he's selling to people that have never driven things like this. He sells to a lot of sports figures and business people and, you get in these things and yeah, unfortunately, YouTube is full of these bad choices. I guess it's the best way I can describe it. <laughs> uh, people, you know, even people, I, you know, driving right out of the dealership, putting their foot down and spinning the car around. So yeah, healthy respect, uh, wise words there. Has there been a driving inspiration, an influential mentor or very uh, uh, influential person in your life that's helped you get to where you are? Yeah, you know, I, I think my my dad, my dad wasn't much of a, a a like he didn't mentor me, but I spent so much time sort of on his hip. You know, he was the master at the at the the drive instruction classroom, and I got to watch it a thousand times. And and you know, I didn't realize as a kid that I was essentially training myself for my future. I didn't look at it that way. 
Um, but ultimately, that's what ended up happening. So, you know, my my dad is, uh, he, you know, he was just a master at, at making people feel comfortable and getting information across. So although it was interesting because he never really took time with me, um, but that that rubbed off. Secondarily, I think, you know, I've had this and this isn't an individual, but I've had the the I just it's been so wonderful being able to work with such amazing people through my career. So whether it was the BMW, I've got a bunch of folks that still work for me that that are like mentor me every day. Like just as, as we kind of work together and see different scenarios. Um, so I kind of owe where I'm at to my dad and then just the opportunity to, to spend the time with my colleagues. I, I could name 50 people that have affected me in one way or another. I've done a lot of these driving schools all over the country, actually. All you guys, all you instructors, my hat's off to all of you. I've got many friends, people have been on the show that are instructors. Amazing, amazing thing that you do. And it's important because it probably has reduced the amount of accidents on roads by massive numbers. Uh, I know I have a healthy respect for the road, too. So bravo for what you're doing. I think it's really great. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. That's it's It is a... Um, it's a skill set that is, is is interesting, I guess. You know, it, understanding the physics and, and the dynamics, and and you know, kind of playing out what could or might happen, but at the same time, being able to communicate in a positive way, and and um, knowing the time to say pull over. I mean, I've done that a number of times. I've had to hit the kill switch or pull the key or or you know, whatever the case may be. Kind of figure out how to way to keep it going in a positive way. So appreciate those thoughts. You know, you alluded to this at the beginning, and I I don't want to take up too time too much time on this, but I'm going to touch base on it. It's about teaching young people how to be better drivers. I sent both of my kids to uh, a performance racing school here. It was a driving school actually for teenagers, just to help them learn how to get out of situations that cause bad accidents. And so many of us teach our teenagers how to drive, and it's a pretty harrowing experience most of the time, <laughs> a little bit spooky. But the driving schools are just lousy. When I say driving schools, like, you know, ABC new driving schools, I mean, they're just kind of a joke. And I really wish that as part of our country, and even when I learned how to drive in high school, our our football coach was the instructor. And it was one of the days one of the gals drive right over a mailbox up into someone's yard, you know? I mean, so is there anything that you think we could do as a nation to serve our youth better, those young people that are going to have the keys to these big, massive vehicles, especially as big as cars have become? Yeah, it's. It, I think it's the parents. You know, I I, I wish we yeah. could motivate the parents to um uh to to put proper drive instruction as a um, um higher up on the list. I, I know we we had a we had a teen driving program um a, a number of years ago at the Miller Motorsports Park when the when the school was still there, and we struggled to get um parents to spend any kind of money on their their uh, their child's sort of continuing education because you know they wanted to pay for the abc driving school and that's you know whatever it took to get them a a, a, a license so they didn't have to drive them around anymore you know we we actually got the cost down to where it was minimal i mean it was basically our cost we felt like we were we were just trying to give back but it's like parents will spend a couple hundred bucks on an iphone but but a couple hundred bucks on a, a driving school was was out of the question so so I, I'm not sure how to motivate them because I, I know through my kids through you know having friends of my kids either spending time with them personally 
So I just did that the other week. I had a friend of mine from Colorado come visit and we set up some time with his daughter, which was super fun for me. Um, But I know I'm sending that person out on the road with more respect, more understanding, way more than you you get going through the normal system. So really, we need to change the parents' mindset and get them to understand that, hey, just because these cars have ABS and traction control doesn't mean your kid's in a cocoon, you know? Really need to get them more. More. Uh, uh, that's that's a tough one. Well, you know, you would think that the insurance companies would step up and pay for that because the last thing they want to do is have you file a claim when your kid wraps a car around a pole, or heaven forbids, hurts him or herself badly or kills somebody. You would think the insurance companies, with all the money they they require, especially for new drivers, would pony up the cost for that. Almost require it or do the incentive for the parents from a money standpoint say look if your child goes through this two-day program we'll pay the 250 for 500 whatever bucks and as a result their insurance rates for the year will go down that much so it's a wash you know or whatever it might be so that's my thoughts but i don't think we're going to solve the world problems today (laughs) we'll take a short break we come back let's talk about challenges more challenges so keep the seatbelt cinched up tight and we'll be right back You've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine here on Cars, yeah, for a couple of years now. Well, they're growing. And in 2023, they're going to grow from four issues a year to six. And there's an opportunity here for you to take advantage of this growth. If you go to LinkageMag.com and click on the Renew button, if you already subscribe, you can get a great deal. Use the code RENEW6 for one year and you'll get six issues for the price of four or Type in Renew 12 for two years where you also have a great savings. Plus, they'll even throw in a free Linkage hat. How cool is that? The publisher of Linkage is Donald Osborne. He's been a guest multiple times here on Cars Yeah. He's become a good friend of mine. And I'll tell you, Linkage Magazine is one of those newer magazines that you're going to want to get. It's all about experiences, opinions, and values. It's a wonderful publication, something I look forward to getting. And now that I'm going to be getting six a year, even more special. So go to linkagemag.com. Again, use the code RENEW6 or RENEW12 to get that special deal. Do it before December 31st, 2022, so that in 2023, you'll get six issues of Linkage Magazine instead of four. Being a professional automotive technician today requires an understanding of technology, computers, and electrical systems that are highly advanced and very complex. Cars yeah is pleased to support TechForce Foundation. It's one of our charities of choice and its efforts to help young people pursue the technical education and careers as automotive techs. Through scholarships, grants, and good old-fashioned hands-on experience with cars, trucks, boats, and more, TechForce and Carsia are working to connect young people with viable careers in the automotive sector. Join us by visiting techforce.org today. All right, so let's talk about what I call the challenge question. Big failure, big challenge, something that you had to overcome to be successful. While it wasn't much fun at the time, looking back now, you're grateful the lessons learned. So take us on a little bit of a rough ride around the track, if you will. Yeah, I think I think my biggest challenge, you know, I look at success across the board. Certainly there's professional success, but there's also, um, you know, personal success. And I always had a challenge of that work-life balance. Um, motorsports, unfortunately, um, it, it requires a lot of your attention. It's not necessarily a, oh, well, it's never a nine to five. And so as I made my way through especially as my kids were younger, I always struggled trying to figure out how to create the right work-life balance and never 
never really found a great way to do it. It always seemed to suffer one way or another. So I know as as we've generated more success in in the um, in the school, I know that I've I've been able to manage that much better, and I'm proud of of, of sort of later in life how I've been able to sort of um, rekindle my relationship with kids and wife, and and um, and we've done a whole lot more stuff together. But I think what what that's turned into, and and what I'm really proud of is is knowing that we've created more of a a uh, uh, work life balance with our employees that sort of demanding that out of them that we create situations that that have allowed that but i know that that for many many years was was my biggest challenge is how, how do i how do i figure out a way to push forward in my career and, and reach some of my goals from a career standpoint, but without having it negatively affect, you know, making it to soccer games and, and dance recitals and things like that. So that's, I, I just encourage all of our folks now to, to when they do have, you know, something like that, that don't, that's not a decision. Those, those, you do the family stuff first, we'll figure out the work stuff. So we're, we, you know, it's not perfect. Don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, we, we still have to make sure that the cars are ready and that, that the, you know, all the instruction stuff is ready to go for all of our participants. And so, you know, I, I certainly ask my folks to, to go the extra mile here and there, but we, we try to make sure that it, that it's balanced. So we're, we're, um, we're really trying to make a, a good effort and we feel like we're doing a decent job, certainly better than I did for myself back when, when I was maybe in the weeds. So that it's a tough one. I understand. Same for me. Absolutely. I look back, I wish I had spent much more time doing family stuff than what I thought I had to do. And that was be at work all the time to provide for them so the family could have what they wanted. But many times what your kids just want is you (laughs) and not all the things that you're providing them. So uh, it's a really nice thing that you're doing for your workers. And, you know, maybe what's happened with COVID, if anything, there's been a few positive things uh, versus all the negatives is people realizing this working at home, if it's possible, is valuable because they're not wasting so much time transporting themselves back and forth. They can be around their kids. They can adjust their work times to do a little bit of work late in the night when the kids are asleep so they could do the baseball games and so forth. So I hope that that is changing. It seems like a little bit, maybe it is, but there's always those of us who are so hard driven that we just need to remind ourselves on that that little calendar, get up away from your desk and go do something. So there you go. Uh, you know, I'd love to talk about a special vehicle in your life. I suspect you've been around a lot of very cool vehicles, but is there one that really stands out that you could take us on a fun ride with? Yeah, I, I um, so my, my first car when I was a kid was a hand-me-down. It was a 72 Datsun 510 wagon. Oh, that's kind of cool. It was actually my dad's second 510 wagon. His first one was a 69 that, uh, and, oh, this is a quick story. He, yeah. he bought it off of the port in Long Beach. It had, it had gotten loose on the, uh, the boat and had been kind of banged around and he bought it for, I'd have to get the, the exact number, but like for 1500 bucks, it was a brand new 510 wagon that just had a bunch of, of dents all over it from rattling around on the boat. But anyway, he, uh, he ended up with 72 510 that I bought from him. And as a kid, you know, my dad owned a repair shop. So it just meant that, that I always wanted to tinker with it. So I had it lowered and I, I had done some stuff to the motor. It was all, it, it was all done on a, high school kids budget. So you can imagine what this thing looked like. <laughs> sure. But, but it was, it was my baby. I loved it. I mean, I, it was something different. Uh, um, and I loved it. So it eventually went away. And and for the longest time I wanted to get another one, you know, I spent time on bring a trailer and, and just, you know, nothing serious, but just kind of looking around. Well, one day I'm driving home from a golf course of all places. And, 
And there's one sitting on the side of the road with a, a for sale sign on it. Oh, wow. It was a 68. So I called them and I, I, I had that thing at my house in, in like 36 hours. <laughs> I, pay, I probably paid more than I should have for it, but it was like, it, it's, it's calling my name. So that thing has been under a two year restoration. I thought it was going to take six months and you know how those things go. <laughs> yeah. Six. Um, yeah. You gotta, you gotta triple the time and triple the budget. <laughs> oh no. And uh, you know, at every turn it's costed me more money. This thing's going to be one of one and way more money than I should have spent, but, but it's, it's going to be basically brand new. It's got a two liter, uh, L 20, uh, with a supercharger. Um, it's it, all the interior is going to be redone. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be super fun. So I'm, it should be hopefully done in the next six months or so. Um, but that's been something that uh, I'd been wanting to do for the longest time. Um, and it's it's been fun watching it come together. Um, and I just can't wait to drive it. You know, I love that. I love old wagons. And the 510 was such a classic car, kind of like your BMW 2002. Uh, exactly. If you, you know, we saw a lot of people race those things. Did you ever see or have you ever heard of Peter Brock's Dotzilla, his 510 build? No. Oh, I'm going to send you pictures. Peter... <laughs> Yeah, obviously we know Peter Brock from his history oh, yeah. of Daytona and everything. He built a 510 that he calls Dotzilla that has this engine in it that is just obscenely massively overpowered. It's a green color. It's very cool. Perfect for the name a Dotzilla. So I'll send you pictures of that. Yeah, would lo- love to see it. I know that those Dotsons can come in all kinds of configurations and and um, it's uh, that's what's kind of cool about it. I bet you if you Google that, that'll pop up all over the place too. So I'm going to be your car psychologist a little bit here today. Crawl into your head. If you were manifest, reincarnated, pun intended, as a vehicle, what would you be and why? Um, let, let's see. Um, I guess that 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 question could be taken in a lot of different <laughs> oh, directions. Yeah, that's so why it's I'll fun. Let, I'll take it a direction that just pops into my head. I think I would be some sort of British touring car back in the 80s. Because you just thinking about the tracks those things ran and then, you know, seeing having seen video from, you know, got videos still pop up on my stream every once in a while yeah. of, of, you know, 30 of those things, you know, in a line with inches between them. So sort of being able to see that level of racing at those tracks at that heyday, uh, I think I. That's what I would be. Did I, I hope I didn't completely botch the, the direction of that correct question, but that's that's what it, that's where it led me. <laughs> you know, it kind of makes sense having got to know you a little bit better today, and certainly a lot of cool. I mean, what comes to mind are some well, a lot of Fords, uh, Audis. I mean, that whole series kind of as it evolves through the different eras in time gt series and so forth but uh yeah there were some cool ones um obviously the audi's not a, a british car but uh, i'm just trying to think of some of the i mean some volvo of the, wagon but yeah but they're okay that was crazy you know it? what i mean just just all kinds of crazy stuff but but uh i mean lower to the ground tons of camber just just leaning on each other was that was i wish i could go back in time yeah there was another crazy build that um Oh, who was that? Late David Letterman built a wagon that had some kind of monster. I think they built two of them, and he ended up with one of a monster engine in that thing. You know, totally stealth. You think it's just some go to get the grocery car, and it's just had this monster engine in it. So, uh, yeah, very very cool. Well, how about a great book? I love books here at Cars. Yes, a great book you'd like to share. Well, I'm not not a big reader, but uh, when I do read, I read Grisham. Um, okay. 
I just, it's just intriguing. I think if, if I was, uh, if, if I'd have made it any kind of grades in school, I think being a lawyer would have been good, but I was pretty far away from that in terms of grades. Um, but the law intrigues me. So those, those are books that are, that are fun for me that are just completely out of what I normally do on a daily life allows me to kind of escape. Uh, I think Sycamore Row was the last one I read, but he, he, Grisham just does a great job in telling a story and, uh, especially in terms of the law. So that's, that's where I generally go when I do read, which again, admittedly, don't read much. Well, he's, how many how many books that guy's written? I, there was one, the judge's list, I think, had to do with you know law uh, specifically and so forth. But so many of his titles, I think about the client, the testament. Uh, oh gosh, the time to kill. Uh, there's so many of them. So yeah, he's. Uh, I've I've read most of them. Yeah, Judge's List was one that I read just a couple of books ago, and they're just great stuff, just suspenseful and and um, and, and easy reads. It's good for me. Yeah, fun stuff. <laughs> well, let's go on the ultimate drive today, or it could be the ultimate track with a track car. I'm going to buy you any vehicle in the world, park it in your driveway. You can take it anywhere, and you can take anybody with you, even somebody who's no longer with us. What does that ultimate drive or track run look like for you? Okay, this this one's pretty easy. <laughs> okay, uh, it would be uh, a ten fifteen the the hero car from the Ford versus Ferrari movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> it would be at Le Mans, uh, and it would be with Ken Miles. How cool would it be to have him tell you in his words how that whole sixty six run uh, at Le Mans? walk you through every piece of that. Now I'll, I'll tell you a little, this is, this is gold for me. I've driven that car. No way. At, at Miller Motorsports Park. Oh my gosh. Well, is that part of the, the Miller collection? Was it? It is. So yeah. that, that lived in our museum for okay. the longest time. Uh, yeah. The Miller group no longer owns the racetrack. So um, that car now lives at the Shelby American collection museum in Boulder, Colorado. But yeah, that lived in our museum for the longest time. And in, er, er, in the early days, when we first opened the park, those cars lived in the museum, but they spent um, the summers running at Le Mans and Spa. They would travel around. He, Larry would bring, Larry Miller would bring um, 1015, 2299, which was the uh, Daytona Coupe that won Sebring, mm-hmm. Daytona, and Le Mans in succession in 65 and 66 would take those to Europe and run them. So they were in full running shape. So one day, the one of the techs that looked after those cars said, hey, we need to run in a set of tires before we take this car to the bar. <laughs> How fast did your and hand I'm like, go up? I'm your guy. So I didn't fit in that thing very well as I'm, I'm, I'm a, um, I'm not a petite dude. Okay. And so, but it didn't matter. I was going to stuff myself in there one way or the other. So it was, it was nerve wracking for sure. Um, but but back to your question, I mean, just imagine just, you know, all of the things that we that, you know, being around Ford and being around that car and getting a chance to to talk to a lot of Ford folks. You know, I've, I've got a little bit of backstory here and there, but how about hearing it from Ken himself? Oh, that'd be wonderful. Well, you've taken us on a wonderful ride today, and I can't thank you enough for spending some time with us, Dan. What a life you've built around yourself. Could you leave us with some parting words of wisdom, inspiration, mantra or success quote? Well, um, you know, for us, it's all about uh, people. You know, we've got great cars and facilities and it, we've set things up in, in a way that I think is is positive, but it doesn't really matter unless we've got the right people. So we've, we, we really invest in, in who we have uh, as opposed to what we have. 
Um, and that's always proven successful for us. Um, so we're going to continue to do that and, and um, are blessed with, with you know, the partnerships we have. But I couldn't imagine doing it without the folks we have working with us. Yep. Surround yourself with great people. Mom was always right. Pick your friends wisely. <laughs> Absolutely. How can people learn more about the McKeever Group and Ford Performance Racing School? Uh, FordPerformanceRacingSchool.com. You can learn about coming out and joining us for, for programs. But uh, as you said earlier, uh, if you're an owner of Ford Performance vehicle, definitely make sure that you contact us because those vehicles include a day's worth of driving. And we'd love to provide that for you. You get a chance to learn more about your car, meet some people that, that are, are like you that have purchased that vehicle. Um, we would love to see you out. So if you, if you have one of those Ford Performance vehicles, that's the F-150 Raptor. Um, the GT500 Mach 1 or either the ST SUVs, which are Edge and Explorer. Come take a look and we'd love to have you. That sounds like fun. Awesome. Hey, I want to do a quick shout out to a mutual friend who connected me with you, Dan, Mark Osmondson. So oh, Mark, yeah. thank you very much for introducing me to another great, inspiring automotive enthusiast. Dan, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and sharing so, so many words of wisdom until you and I talk again. I'll see you either down the road or hopefully at one of your driving schools. That would be fun. That would be great. Well, thank you so much for, for having me. I really enjoyed the time. It was fun indeed. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!